time and he still wants to have a relationship with me even being that great big God Pastor Patel is going to come and bring the word forth this time awesome speaker awesome man of God Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. It's so good to be back in Excelsior Springs. And I tell you what, this is a wonderful church. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I attend. Come on, look at you. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, I attend a wonderful church. You guys have just made me feel so welcome. I feel like I'm at home. I mean, as soon and then y'all started talking about going to the Amish restaurant, and I really felt like I was at home. I'm telling you. But it's so good to be here. And how many of you appreciate your pastors? Amen. Come on, we can do better than that for them, can't we? How many of you appreciate them? And I want to applaud them, and I want to applaud you. You guys have done an amazing job here in the church with the carpet and the paint and all that. I can tell you guys have been working. And so I want to applaud you, and I want to applaud your past. Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give one another a hand of appreciation. It looks wonderful, wonderful. And it does my heart good. I travel all over the country, and so it does my heart good to see churches that are vibrant, that are working, and that are loving people into the kingdom I talked to Michelle right after Sunday school where's Michelle at she there she is I talked to her right after Sunday school and she said she just started attending here and I said what do you really like about the church and she said I really love the fellowship I really love the fellowship amen the koinonia the sharing of life with one another we're we're all the family of God and so even though I might live in Frankfort Kentucky I can walk in here and feel like this is Thanksgiving you know what I'm saying because we're all part of the family of God and it's just an honor pastor to be here and thank you and your lovely bride for uh, giving me the gracious invitation to come and to preach at such a wonderful church and I appreciate that they took me to eat Japanese food last night and I'm telling you man it was so good that I thought, man, I, maybe if I do well today, he might ask me back for a revival. <laughs> but amen. How many of you have your Bibles? I could just talk all day because I just love you. You folks are special. Did you know that? You're special folks. You're special. And your pastor, you know, he's really special, isn't he? He's special, all right. He and I think a lot alike. They're talking about going to that Amish restaurant, and I was like, well, man, maybe I'll just show up and wear a skirt, show up and go, go eat with the girls, you know. And he said, I, that's exactly what I was thinking too. So, But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 18. 1 John chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 18. And I'll tell you what. Our little sister here, what's her name that led praise and worship? Katie. The hand of God's on her life. Hand of God's. One of the things I have the ability to do is the ability to see. And that may be one of my greatest gifts that I have. The ability to see. I remember it's that I went on a campground. I'll just tell you this very quickly. Went on a campground in West Virginia. 
and uh, I was the youth president in Kentucky and I was the assistant general youth president over the southeast and West Virginia was in our division so I walked in there and there's a skinny boy there real skinny and he was wearing a choir robe they were having a teen talent expo so this little skinny 16 year old boy got up there and had a choir with him but they didn't sing they lip-synced they lip-synced to that song, Are You Ready for a Miracle? Y'all remember that movie, Sister Act? And so they, they lip-synced to that song. And the place come unglued. It was a teen talent expo. And I'd never seen anything like it. The judges were falling out in the spirit. The place is just like the glory of the Lord showed up in that place. People started shouting. And, uh, and this little old skinny boy was leading this choir and he was shouting. And so then what they did was they just tag-teamed me, and I got up and I preached, when he rains, it pours. That's what I preached that day. When he rains, it pours. And we had church for five hours, people laying out all over the sanctuary in the spirit, and here it was a teen talent expo, and it broke out in revival. How many of you know we need to have some more breakouts of the spirit like that? Amen. And so I saw something in that little skinny 16-year-old boy then. And so we stayed in contact. Long story short, he is now your assistant general bishop, Dr. Joshua Pennington. How many of you know him? And so he's my spiritual son, but I saw something in him when he was 16. I have the ability to see, and I can see your daughter has the hand of God on her life. Is she married? It's very important that she selects the right one that will flow with her, with the call of God on her life. Extremely important. So we need to pray into that as a church body. The hand of God is upon her life, and I can see her preaching the gospel with power and authority and beyond just a local church. But I, be I can see it. So let's pray for her right now. What's her name? Katie. Father, we bring Katie before you. And Father, I thank you for what I see. I know what I see. I know what I see. And Father, I know that you have your hand upon that child's life. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for protection for her. Because the enemy would love to get her sidetracked. And he would love to bring the wrong guy into her life but I pray for supernatural protection for her God that you protect her from wrong influences that you protect her from the plans of the enemy to throw her off track and I thank you dear God that she shall fulfill her purpose and you and I thank you dear God that as she speaks the fire of God will leap off her lips and I thank you dear God for the many souls that are added to the kingdom of God and for the lives that are touched and changed by the power of the anointing of God that rests upon that young girl. And Father, I thank you for this father and for this mother who's nurturing those gifts in her God and all of their children. And Father, we thank you for this church and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now, are you in 1 John 2 yet? 1 John 2, 18 and 19, little children... It is the last time. How many of you believe that? 
And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now notice this, verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And notice what John said. He said, had they been of us, they no doubt, somebody say no doubt, would have continued with us. So in other words, had they been legit, they wouldn't have quit. And that reminds me of the old prophet of the church, M.C. Hammer. who wrote in Hammerinthians 1991, I am unable to quit because I am currently too legit. And that's what I want to preach about here this morning. I want to preach too legit to quit. You see, there are many people who started the race, but they didn't finish it. They started living for God. They started attending church. They started praying. They started reading the Word. They started tithing. They started witnessing. They started the ministry. But they experienced some type of failure in their life, so they quit. They got offended at somebody, so they quit. They got bogged down by the cares of life and so they quit. They put their jobs ahead of God and so they quit. They wanted to sow their wild oats so they quit. You see there have been many people who have started the race but they just didn't finish the race. And you may be here this morning the devil may be in your ear telling you that you need to stop, you need to quit, you need to throw in the towel, you just need to tap out. He's told you you'll never make it, you'll never get ahead, you'll never walk in victory, you'll never get a breakthrough, so you might as well quit. But I want to know if there's anybody in this house here this morning that will say, uh-uh, devil, I ain't going anywhere because I am too legit to quit. I'm too saved to quit. I'm too Holy Ghost filled to quit. I'm too blood washed to quit. I've been delivered from too much for me to quit. I've tasted too much of God's goodness for me to quit. 
I've come through too many battles to stop now. I've swam too many rivers. I've climbed too many mountains. I've walked through too many valleys for me to stop now. It's like that old Nancy Harmon song that said, I've come too far to look back. My feet have walked through the valley. I've climbed mountains, crossed rivers, desert places I've known, but I am nearing the home shore. The redeemed are rejoicing. Heaven's angels are singing. I've come too far to look back. And I've come in this house to let you know here this morning that you can't draw back. You can't tap out. You can't throw in the towel and you can't cast away your confidence. I wish I had somebody in this house to help me preach because you can't quit because you are too legit to quit can somebody give God a praise offering in this house look at somebody and say I'm too legit to quit I'm too Holy Ghost filled to quit I'm too blood washed to quit God's brought me out of too much for me to throw in the towel now. He's brought me out of too much for me to tap out now. I started this race, and honey, I'm going to finish this race. And one day when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you and I are too legit to quit somebody giving praise in this place. Now listen, history is full of people who tasted the fruit of victory simply because they were too legit to quit. How many of you have heard of Henry Ford? Anybody heard of Henry Ford around here? Henry Ford wasn't an instant success. His early businesses failed and left him broke five times before he founded the successful Ford Motor Company. How many of you shop at Macy's? R.H. Macy started seven failed businesses before finally hitting, hitting it big with his store in New York City. Anybody heard of Bill Gates? Didn't seem like a shoe-in for success after dropping out of Harvard and starting a first failed business. How many of you heard of Harlan Sanders? See, I'm from Kentucky. KFC. In Kentucky, the kids go to school and they learn that the first three letters of the alphabet are KFC. But Harlan Sanders, better known as Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken fame, had a hard time selling his chicken at first. His chicken recipe was rejected 1,009 times before a restaurant accepted it. Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor because he, quote, lacked imagination and had no good ideas, end quote. After that, Disney started a number of businesses that didn't last too long and ended with bankruptcy and failure. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four and did not read 
until he was seven, causing his teachers and parents to think that he was mentally handicapped, slow, and antisocial. And eventually, he was expelled from school and was refused admittance to the Zurich Polytechnic School, Albert Einstein. Thomas Edison, in his early years, teachers told Edison that he was, quote, too stupid to learn anything, end quote. Work was no better as he was fired from his first two jobs for not being productive enough. Even as an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. But as you can see, the lights are on in Excelsior this morning. Can somebody say amen? Winston Churchill struggled in school and failed the sixth grade. After school, he faced many years of political failures as he was defeated in every election for public office until he finally became the prime minister at the ripe old age of 62. Sidney Portier, after his first audition, Portier was told by the casting director, why don't you just stop wasting people's time and go out and become a dishwasher or something? Harrison Ford in his first film, Ford was told by the movie executives that he simply didn't have what it takes to be a star. Harrison Ford. Steven Spielberg was rejected from the University of Southern California School of Theater, Film, and Television three times. Steven Spielberg. Elvis Presley. How many of you have ever heard of Elvis? Come on. I know the Penrod lady in the back has. You know, that's part of her jam, a whole lot of shaking going on. Elvis Presley in 1954. In 1954, Jimmy Denny, manager of the Grand Ole Opry, fired Elvis after just one performance and told him this, and I quote, you ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck, end quote. The Beatles were told, quote, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out, end quote. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. He stated, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed, end quote. All of these people are considered some of the greatest winners and overachievers in history, and all of them have something in common. They all faced failure. They all faced defeat. They all heard the word no. They all battled discouragement and adversity, and they faced all kinds of challenges and obstacles, but something about them was they just kept on plugging. They kept on pressing. They kept on fighting. They didn't throw in the towel. They didn't give up. And because of that today, millions are driving Fords. Millions are shopping at Macy's. Millions are using Microsoft computers. Millions are licking their fingers 
at KFC. Millions have taken their picture with Mickey Mouse. Geniuses are called Einstein. And kids all around the world are wearing Jordans. And thanks to Thomas Edison, Motel 6 can still leave the light on for you. Why? Because all of them were too legit to quit. And I've come in this house this morning to let you know that you may have gone through some failures. You may have had some setbacks. You may have faced some disappointments and some struggles. But I believe this morning that your greatest days are ahead of you. I believe that your greatest accomplishments are ahead of you. I believe that your greatest victories are ahead of you. I believe that your ladder shall be greater than your past. I believe that the glory of the ladder house shall be greater than the glory of the former house all because you've made up your mind that you are too legit to quit. You're going to keep on plugging. You're going to keep on pressing and you're not going to tap out because you're filled with the Holy Ghost of God and there's something inside of you that's not going to quit, that's not going to give up because you are too legit to quit. Can somebody give God a praise in this house this morning? Hallelujah. And one thing I've noticed is that the urge to quit is often greatest when you're on the verge of a breakthrough. It's true. Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. How close they were when they gave up. A thousand times trying to create that light bulb and it didn't work. So close. What if he had quit after a thousand? But a thousand and one and he hit the mark. So many people fail because they're so close to winning, but they quit. Listen to this story from the diary of John Wesley. Listen to this. On Sunday, how many of you know who John Wesley is? The father of the Methodist movement. Now listen to this. Sunday morning, May the 5th, he said, I preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday night, May 5th, preached in St. John's, and the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday morning, May 12th, this is from his diary. Sunday morning, May 12th, preached in St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday morning, May 19th, preached in St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday night, May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, preached in a meadow and chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during service. Come on. Sunday morning, June 2nd, afternoon, preached out at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. But Sunday night, June 2nd, in the afternoon, preached in a pasture, and 10,000 people came out to hear me preach. I wish I had somebody here to give God praise. I've come in here to let you know not everybody's going to like you. 
Not everybody is going to think that you are cute. Everybody's not going to get into what you do. You're not going to be everybody's reward, but I can assure you you're going to be somebody's reward. And honey, it don't matter who likes you or who doesn't as long as if God is for you. If God is for you, it doesn't matter who is against you and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, what if Wesley would have quit when he was rejected by St. Anne's Church? What would have happened if he had quit when he was rejected by St. John's Church? What would have happened when he quit, if he had quit when he was preaching on the street and they kicked him off of the street? What would have happened when he was preaching in a meadow and somebody cut a bull loose and chased him out of the meadow? What would have happened if he had said, I ain't cut out for this. There ain't nobody getting into what I'm doing. Nobody's receiving the word that I'm preaching. Let me tell you what would happen. There would have never been birthed the, the Methodist church. What are you saying to me, preacher? I'm saying the reason why there is a Methodist church today is because John Wesley was too legit to quit. You see, the moment you're ready to quit is usually the moment right before your breakthrough. And people will look at you and they may think that you're nuts but that's okay because you know what an oak tree is an oak tree is simply a nut that refused to give up and I want to know if there's any nuts in this house here this morning that says I refuse to quit I refuse to give up I'm going to fulfill the call of God on my life I'm going to do what God has called me to do and the world may look at all of us and think we're a bunch of nuts and they may look at us and think we're nothing but a bunch of fanatics and they may look at us and think that we're nothing but a bunch of holy rollers but I'm going to tell them what we are we're too legit to quit is what we are we're going to keep on praying we're going to keep on preaching we're going to keep on praising because we are too legit to quit amen Amen. How many of you have heard of this guy? Age 22, he failed in business. Age 23, he ran for legislature and was defeated. Age 24, he again failed in business. Age 25, he was elected to legis legislature. Age 26, his sweetheart died. Age 27, he had a nervous breakdown. Age 29, he was defeated for speaker. Age 31, he was defeated for elector. Age 34, he was defeated for Congress. Age 37, he was elected to Congress. Age 39, he was defeated for Congress. Age 46, he was defeated for Senate. Age 47, he was defeated for Vice President. Age 49, he was defeated for Senate. But at age 51, Abraham Lincoln, what, come on somebody, was elected as the president of the United States of America. I wish I had somebody in this house here this morning. Lincoln faced one defeat right after another, but he became one of the greatest presidents our nation has ever known. Why? Because Abraham Lincoln was too legit to quit. You see, Proverbs 24, 16 says this. It says, for an upright man, after falling seven times, will get up again. An upright man 
after falling seven times will get up again. So notice this, even upright men fall. Even upright men fail, and they may even fall seven times. But the thing about it is this. They always get back up again. They don't wallow in the failures of yesterday. They don't wallow in the mistakes of the past. They may have fallen seven times, but they get back up because they are too legit to quit. And you may have come in here today, and you may have had some failures of yesterday. You may have had some mistakes of your past, but I want you to know that when you have a setback, don't take a step back because God Almighty has prepared your comeback. If you believe it, give him a praise in this place. I'm telling you, don't let defeat stop you. Don't let failure stop you. Don't let mistakes stop you. Don't let disappointment stop you. It's time to get back up again. It's time to dust yourself off. It's time to get back in the game because I believe that your greatest days are ahead of you. I believe that your greatest victories are ahead of you. I believe that your greatest accomplishments are ahead of you. I believe there's a crown awaiting you. There's a harvest awaiting you. There's a fresh anointing awaiting you. There is joy set before you, but you've got to be too legit to quit. You've got to press on. Somebody say, you've got to get through it to get to it. Look at somebody else and say, you've got to get through it to get to it. So what is the antidote tonight or this morning? When you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, what is the antidote? What are we to do? Here is the answer. We are to look unto Jesus. We are to look unto Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There is a race set before you folks and we got to run it. How? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice this. What was the key of Jesus' endurance? It tells us, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What's the key to endurance? It is the joy that is set before you. How are you going to make it? Because you realize there's joy set before you. Sometimes we're in, we feel like we can't see the forest for the tree. We're completely surrounded by trees and all we can see is tree, uh, trees. And many times we're in, when we are in the middle of something, that's all we can see. Everybody gives us every promise in the world, but we just can't see it. 
because we're still battling with our spouse. We're still battling with our children. Our children's strung out and on drugs, and that's all we can see because we're right here in the middle of it. We can't see the forest. Sometimes you can't see the forest. You can't see your pastor for the trees, right? Because of everything that you're going on. But notice here, how did Jesus endure what he went through? Because he knew there was joy. I wish I had somebody here this morning. There's joy set before him. And I want you to know no matter what you are going through, you can't quit, y'all, because there's joy set before you. Come on. If goodness is mer and mercy is following you, what do you think is ahead of you? <laughs> I said if goodness and mercy is following you, can you just imagine what is ahead of you? And the scripture said that there is joy set before you. So you know what we need to do? We need to take our heavenly seat. Because when Jesus died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. But when he was resurrected, we were resurrected with him. And then guess what? Then he ascended and he seated. It, he was seated in the seat at the right hand of God. And according to Ephesians, we are seated right there with him. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were resurrected with him, and now we are seated with him. And guess where we are seated? We are seated in a seat that he's never asked an angel to sit in. We are seated in a, we seated in a seat that Michael, the archangel, has never been asked to sit in. We are seated, and right now you are seated with Christ in heavenly places in a seat that Gabriel, the archangel of God, has never been asked to sit in. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time we realize that we've got more going on than just right here in our mess. We got to understand that we are seated at the right hand of God. And when you take your seat, at the right hand of God and look down upon your problems then you have a heavenly you've got a heavenly perspective now See, as, as long as you're just worried about right now and living on earth, you can't see everything else because all you're surrounded is by trees. But when you take your seat with Christ and then you begin to look down upon your situation from heavenly places, from the heavenly realm, from heavenly eyes, then you'll see, yeah, I see this mountain. And yeah, I see this river. And yeah, I see this valley. But I no, if I'm just too legit to quit, if I just keep on keeping on, if I just keep on pressing, I see over here on the other side that God's got joy set before me. I wish I had somebody in this house here this morning. So what are you saying, preacher? I understand you're going through trouble. I understand you're going through problems. I understand you're going through heartaches. And I understand this one let you down and that one let you down. I understand that this one didn't do you right and that one didn't do you right. And I understand that this one don't like you and that one don't like you. But honey, I've come in here to let you know that if you you just keep on walking if you just keep on pressing if you just keep on running God has joy set 
before you can somebody give him praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, you just got to keep on going, baby. Come on, look at him. Keep on walking, baby. Keep on going, baby. Because God has joy set before you. Joseph lied on by that woman. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all know I was thinking some other stuff, but I'm in church. No. Lied on by, by that woman. Faithful to his master. Everything the master, he did it all with excellence. He put his heart and his soul into it. And I'm sure he was a good looking. The Bible says he was a good looking guy. And you know Potiphar wasn't probably married to no ugly woman himself. Right? But she wanted him. He said, no, baby, you can have my coat, but you can't have my character. You can have my coat, but you can't have my character. Why? Because he knew God, no matter what he was going through, God had joy set before him. She lied on him. They threw him in prison, but even in prison, he was faithful to God. Even in prison, he excelled. It didn't change his character, whether he was at Potiphar's or whether he was in the prison, and the jailer saw it and turned over the keys to him and let him begin to run the prison that he was a prisoner in. Why? Because he knew that God had joy set before him. He knew I'm going to press through this situation over here. Yes, she lied on me. Yes, she's conniving. She lied on me and all that. Yeah, I'm, yeah and they throw me in prison. I get that. And yeah, and I understand a lot of people don't live here. I, I, I understand that. But I know God has joy set before me. And you know what happened? He went through Potiphar's. He went through the prison. But God had joy set before him. And that joy was called the palace. And you see, he would have never got the palace had he quit back at Potiphar's house. He would have never got the palace had he quit in the prison. He said, my life just ain't working out. My brothers don't like me. They lied on me. They sold me as a slave. They lied, told my father that I was dead so my, my family don't like me. There may be somebody in here right now that your family don't like you. Maybe your mama don't like you, your daddy, your brothers and your sisters don't like you. But as I said earlier, if God be for you, it does not matter who is against and he was faithful in the prison and what happened God had joy set before him and he winded up in the palace what are you saying preacher I'm saying you keep on being faithful to God you keep on plugging you keep on pressing don't quit don't give up because you are too legit to quit and God's got joy set before you now listen to this Let's look at verse 3 now, Hebrews 12. It says, for consider him that endured. Somebody say, consider him that endured. Such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. What is the key? Understanding God has joy set before you. And then he gives an example. What was the first thing he told us to do? Look unto Jesus, who endured for the joy that was set before him. And now it says, for consider him that endured. Why? Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. If you don't look to Jesus, you're not going to make it. 
you don't look to Jesus, a marriage ain't going to make it. You look to Jesus, you ain't going to make it. You know, unless you look unto Jesus, you've got to look unto Jesus. And the Bible says, consider him that endured, lest ye be weary. And faint in your mind. So what it's saying is we're going to be wearied and faint in our minds unless we look unto him and consider him. So let's consider him this morning. He was born to an unwed mother. Matthew chapter 1, 18, 19. He was born in a stable. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. He was born to poor parents. Luke chapter 2, verse 24. His life was threatened as a baby. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. His birth was the cause of terrible suffering. Matthew 2, 16. He was moved as a baby. Matthew 2, 13. He was raised in a despicable town, Nazareth. Luke 2, 39. His father apparently died when he was young. Matthew 13, 53 through 58. He had to support his family. Matthew 13, 55 through 58. At times he had no place to lay his head. Matthew 8, verse 20, Luke chapter 9, verse 58. He was hated and opposed by others. Mark 14, 1 through 2. He was charged with insanity. Mark 3, verse 21. He was charged with demon possession. Mark 3, verse 22. He was opposed by his family. Mark 3, 21 through 22. He was rejected hated and opposed by many who came to hear him speak. Matthew chapter 13 and Luke chapter 4. He was betrayed by a close friend. Mark chapter 14. He was left alone, rejected, and forsaken by all of his friends. Mark chapter 14. He was tried before the high court of the land and charged with treason. John chapter 18. And he was executed as a common criminal by means of crucifixion. John chapter 19. But he endured it all for the joy that was set before him. Because on the third day, he arose from the grave. Death couldn't hold him. And now today, the tomb is empty. You see, you can go to Muhammad's tomb, and Muhammad is still there. You can go to Krishna's tomb, and Krishna is still there. You can go to Buddha's tomb, and Buddha is still there. But I dare you to go to Jesus' tomb, because you'll find that he is not there, but that he rose on the third day, and he ever liveth to make intercession for you and for me. And today he is seated at the right hand of God. So today, what does that mean for us? Today we are saved. We are set free. We are delivered. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You are an heir. I wish I had somebody this morning. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. Why? All because Jesus was too legit to quit. 
I said Jesus was too legit to quit. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying defeat comes from looking back. Distraction comes from looking around. Discouragement comes from looking down. But deliverance comes from looking up. So keep your eyes on Jesus because he knows how to turn every mess into a message. He knows how to turn every test into a testimony. He knows how to turn every hurt into a hallelujah. He knows how to turn every tear into a pearl. He knows how to turn every midnight into a sunrise. And he knows how to turn every Calvary into a resurrection. All because Jesus was too legit. Can somebody give him a praise offering in this place here this morning? You're here today, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost on your way to heaven, all because Jesus was too legit to quit. Striking with my fist, too legit to quit. I'm going to beat him with the this whip, 39 lashes. But he was too legit to quit. Pierced his side, but he was too legit to quit. He could have called 10,000 angels and totally annihilated the world. But he hung on that cross for you and for me. Because my Jesus is too legit to quit and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within each I wish I had somebody here this morning lives within each and every one of you so what's that saying it's saying you are too legit to quit because of that power that works within you Let's all stand here this morning. And I noticed that I, as I was preaching, people were, were crying, wiping tears from their eyes because some of you are going through things in your life. Now, I'm going to ask everyone very quickly, very quickly, that if you say, preacher, no matter what I'm going through, because of the power of Christ that's within me, I'm too legit to quit. I've come too far now. I've, I've come too far to lay down the cross. I've, I've come through too many, many battles now to quit now. But I'm going to press on through this thing because I know that God has joy set before me. If that's you, I want you to come stand to this front very quickly. Everyone that will, I want you to come. If you say, I'm too legit to quit. No matter what I am going through in my life, I know I'm going to consider him. I'm going to consider him. If I don't consider him, I'll be weary and faint in my mind. The key and the antidote to overcoming, no matter what we're going through in our lives, is to keep our eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Let's raise our hands to heaven right now and let's pray. And Father, you see everybody and everything that they're going through in this place. And dear God, some of them have, are facing challenges with their marriage. 
Some of them are facing challenges with their children. Some of them are facing different challenges on the job. Some of them are facing challenges with siblings. Some of them are facing challenges with neighbors and people that they know. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help each and every one of them realize and know that because of the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells within them, they're too legit to quit because of not their power, not their abilities, not their ingenuity, but because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus right now that you reach down and that you begin to touch each and every one of them, God, and touch them, oh, in the name of Jesus. makisi. Mm. Thank you, Father. If there's anybody in here, say, Preacher, I need, oh, oh, I need special prayer. Glory, God. Glory. Glory. Help her, y'all. Help her. Good to us. He's amazing. He's amazing. You know, most of us came to God because we weren't happy with our lives before. There was something that wasn't right about it. Amen? We weren't happy with the way we were living, with the things that way things were going, so we came to him for that reason. So where would we quit to? Go back to where we came from where we know it didn't work out before? There's nowhere to go back to. There's only to go forward. Brother Jimmy brought it forward. I'm not trying to add on his message. There's nothing to add on to it. He, he did an amazing job. Spirit moves, such a sweet spirit in the house today, but but I just think of that when I feel like giving up, if I ever feel like giving up, where would I go back to? Go back to where I come from? I know that didn't work out. So I got to continue to press forward toward the mark, right? Ready to close in prayer? All right, let's pray. Oh, that's it. Brother Stefan, Brother Dan, can I get you all to help me? I about